Welcome to Deep Spirituality. We're putting together a podcast here. It's sort of an emergency podcast because we're going to be going into, a lot of us are going to be going into a camp to help teenagers. And so we're not sure when the next podcast will be coming out. We'll get more on schedule in the weeks ahead. But uh, we hope you're doing all right out there. Doing all right? Everything going good? You feeling good out there? I know you may be driving to work. Some of you may be up early in the morning. Uh, some of you may be hustling your kids off to one of those camps we've been talking about. Uh, others of you may be, you know, thinking about, you know, dating, who you want your girlfriend to be. Maybe you think about vacation, uh, where you want to go, what you want to do. So how's it going out there? You know, one of the things not going well for me, the Warriors lost last night. Oh, I was man. not really happy about that. Now I'm okay. If you're a Canadian and the, the whole North thing, that's good. I like Kawhi Leonard, but man, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. That's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, um, uh, Draymond Green. That that core collection of players, uh, something historic. I remember watching the 1980 uh, um, and early 90 Lakers, Celtics, the Chicago Bulls of Michael Jordan. And I just want to tell you out there, um, the Warriors are in that conversation. What an incredible thing. So if you're a Warrior fan, totally. you um, – you, you, if you're like me, you're celebrating them. You're hoping for KD to get better. I know I heard on the way into work uh, that uh, uh, Clay had torn his ACL. Uh, so, uh, it's a tough you know, one. My, my suggestion for the Warriors is let's only play Steph 25 minutes a game yeah, right. for the first half of the season, 35 minutes a game for the second half of the season, not worry about making the playoffs, get a top 15 draft pick, have KD and Clay come back in 2021. And then get a championship, get another ship. Be wise. Be get another ship. Reloading. I was, That's what it is. Get a I ship. Was, yesterday I was thinking about the '80s Lakers and Celtics. I was like, man, how did every year in that decade one of them was in the finals? Like, how to? And it seemed it. like after five years of the Warriors, they start breaking they, down. They, the regular season games weren't as they, they they weren't the same kind of athletes, and they didn't play the same kind of defense, and it wasn't as fast. Yeah, I think the real. bodies are under a lot more duress now. If you're a soccer fan. The ladies are out there getting it done. Alex Morgan. Yeah. Do you know about Jeez. Alex Morgan? You out there? You keep an eye on Alex Morgan? Get on YouTube and look up what Alex Morgan is doing. Unbelievable. She's got a movie out, too. I think it's called Alex and Me. Yeah. Really? Yep, she's in that. it. Alex and Me. Uh, I saw a, a trailer or a preview of it. Uh, so that's pretty good. So how are you doing out there? Everybody doing okay? Because one of the things is sometimes it's hard to listen to podcasts. You're not doing great. Um, one of the things I want to talk about that I've been talking to the guys about and wanted to get this quick uh, uh, a podcast out before uh, the summer gets rolling too hot and heavy. Kids are out of school. Uh, everybody's getting busy. How to have a spiritual conversation. The reason is, is, is I've been talking to different people who some of them are just uh, Christians trying to live their life. Others are leaders in their churches. One of the things that seems to have been lost is the art of conversation. Hmm. It's a really interesting thing. Just the inability to sit down and have a normal conversation like we were doing to talk about sports to talk about, which I like to talk about, to talk about Alex Morgan and to talk about a movie and then to segue from talking about that into spiritual things and to believing everything is a spiritual conversation. So we just want to talk about that right now for a few minutes. Now, one of my favorite passages is in Deuteronomy 6. And it's a passage that talks about parenting and raising children and about uh, talking to the, the, the younger generations. And in uh, the voice translation, in Deuteronomy 6.20, it says, you'll have conversations about this with your children in the future, and this is how they should go. Wow. Deuteronomy 4-6 through 6 is a lot about how parents should have conversations 
and talk to their kids. And many of us who've been around a long time, read the Bible, know when you're walking, when you're laying down, when you're, when you're, when you're talking together, conversations are how we exchange hearts, how we exchange minds, how we exchange thoughts. And it's one of my greatest concerns. A lot of leaders don't know how to have conversations. They know how to give sermons, but they don't know how to give, have conversations. Uh, a lot of people know how to give orders, but they know how to, they, 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 they know how to give orders, but not how to have conversations. It took me a long time to get past that order stage, that structure stage, and learn how to have conversations. And so we want to spend a few minutes talking with you about how can you have a spiritual conversation. So when you guys think about Ray, mm-hmm. Ray Kim joining us today, uh, pulled Ray out. He actually needs to be somewhere, but I got him to, to join me today and uh, put in some time. Uh, Ray, when you think about this idea of having conversations, have you seen the same thing I've seen that either because of being too busy or not being able, we're not having the kind of spiritual conversations we should be having? Yes, for sure. I mean, I was just thinking as I was listening to that scripture you shared, I think one of the things that I know I fall into, it's I'm just too busy to have a conversation. Mm. And so uh, something that me and my wife Amy talk about, we have these, what we call them drive-by conversations. <laughs> yeah, we call we them drive-by shoots because we're, we're so, I, I know I get so wrapped up in the to-dos and anxious, you know, things that I want to get done. And what ends up happening then is uh, just two nights ago, Amy and I were just talking. She goes, I, don't you remember me telling you that? And I, and I said, oh, don't you remember me telling you that? And we both thought we had a conversation. Yep. But it was a drive-by. <laughs> drive-by conversation. And, and so I think, and then what ends up happening is um, it, <laughs> it leads to a lot of pointless arguments. <laughs> All because I don't slow down and think, I actually probably need a much more uh, let-down conversation to figure out what's driving me to live at such an unhealthy uh, pace and, and miss things. Um, so I, 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 that's the first thing I thought about as I was listening to uh, that scripture and what you're, th- what you're talking about. I'm curious, Ray, like how how um how does somebody slow down to have those conversations? I think that's a really good insight. Like having those drive by conversations and like I that happens often with my my wife and I, but I think um something I was thinking is like, man, how do how do how does somebody slow down to have the conversation? How do you and Amy do that or how to if you've talked interacted, talked to other people, how how to slow down? You know, that's a good question. I, I I'm I'm thinking about a conversation I had with um, uh, someone this week, and what got me was they they approached me with a question. Hmm. Versus a lot of times, you know, again, I'm just thinking back to just how it is in my home. It's hey, I have something to tell you. Versus, you know, I have a question, and it was a uh, a curiosity. Hmm. There was a interest, and when someone was asking me, it was about a bunch of different things about personal life and things like that. It made me have to slow down and and actually stop and consider, huh? Why? Yeah, I don't really. I've never really thought about that question of why I did this or why I said that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times I think I'm having a conversation when no, I'm not really in the conversation. I'm just busy telling someone what to do. Yeah. Versus actually asking questions, mm-hmm. uh, cur- being curious, really wanting to know what they really think, what they really what what. What's their perspective on things? Sure. Or even just relaying information. I think what you're talking about. I, I do that, the drive-by stuff. It's just I'm passing on some information <laughs> right, to Christy right. to like, so then I can kind of scoot along or keep going, whatever, with mm-hmm. whatever I'm busy with. Instead of, I think, what you're saying about having curiosity and like slowing down, asking questions because you want to know, um, I think is good. You know, one of the things that I think um, if we were going to give people insight in having conversations, one, 
you got to like people. That helps. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to really like people. It's a good place I, to start. Well, when I was in college, uh, I had some good buddies in college. And I'll tell you what, we probably start arguing and talking about sports because we, we all like different football teams. Uh, one of us like the Jets, another like the Eagles, another like the Patriots, and I like the Dolphins. Oh, wow. And so they're all in the same division, I believe. And they, they I mean, we just debate back and forth. And <clears throat> I was a big Dan Marino fan. But but we, we had so many conversations that went on and on. Now, I know that sports is meaningless, but I actually think the way you learn to have a conversation is by learning to talk to people about everything, hmm. not right. spiritual things. Some people, I think, get really religious, and they know how to have a spiritual conversation and ask you all these questions about the Bible and your life and stuff, but they don't actually know how to have a casual conversation, just a connecting conversation. And so I kind of want to help people uh, based on the things I've had to learn the hard way, making mistakes, doing things wrong, learning from other people, how to have those conversations. And I think the first step is you have to learn how to listen before you learn how to talk. Oh, mm. that's, that's huge. In James chapter 1, in verse 22, a scripture familiar to many of us says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Now, the reason that one's pretty impactful and, 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 and pretty amazing is because it's preceded by a verse in verse 19 that says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. So what do we learn? He says two things. He says, one, don't merely listen to the word. And then he says, uh, 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 secondly, be quick to listen. Mm -hmm. So there's something about how we listen that determines whether we actually are hearing somebody. And so I think one of the things that people make a mistake on, I made it for years and still make it now, is they don't work on listening. That's because huge. listening makes you a great conversationalist. And to listen, you have to be curious. Mm. So if I'm sitting here and I'm going, all right, Nathan is wearing a North Face shirt, I think. Yes. He is. Good company. So if I see Nathan and I see he's wearing a North Face shirt, so I know that Nathan either got that as a gift or Nathan bought it himself. It's not a cheap shirt. It's a cool shirt. It's a good shirt. Nathan's a little tight with the dollars, so I'm figuring <laughs> that's a gift that he received. So who gave you that shirt, Nathan? My wife. See? Wow, I got there you it. go. I got it. So you also have to be observant when you have a conversation. That's you right. have to talk to people and be observant. Is that a Puma shirt you have on? That's right. Puma, right? Puma. I wore Pumas in, uh, in, in like middle school. Clyde oh, yes. Frazier of the New York Knicks used to wear Pumas. Right. So a lot of times we have no curiosity about other people. Right. We, we're not interested in them at all. And you were raised where, Ray? Uh, Southern California, Los so, Angeles. So in Los Angeles, California. And you're a Lakers fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lakers fan. You're a Warriors fan, too. But, you know, the Lakers will go deep. Now, when you were watching the Lakers, who was playing? Oh, man. Magic Johnson, Kareem, James Worthy, Byron Scott, Michael Cooper. Yeah. Now, did you ever go to the forum? I did. You Great did? Western Forum. Yes. Where'd you sit? Uh, lower Bowl. Door ball? Yeah. Did you ever see the spots where they serve people food? I yeah, I saw them. I, I wasn't able to sit there. <laughs> but, but I yeah. sat I sat there. Oh, nice. In your face. Yeah, <laughs> in my face. In my hometown. <laughs> in your own in your own hometown. Right. I sat down there. Huh? How about that? Oh man. You like that? You like that? So the see, here's how you have a conversation. Raise the listening to me, right? What's the question you gotta ask me? How did you get there? No, the or question you got to ask there? me is why a guy from Michigan would like the Lakers. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's easy. How? Magic Johnson, man. Magic Johnson. Michigan State. You already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you already knew that, yeah. right? I'm just, I, I'm messing around with you folks out there. 
What I'm trying to say is that a lot of people can't have a good conversation because they listen with their ears but not with their eyes. Uh, so you have to listen with your eyes, not just your ears. Mm. So if someone's, if someone's wearing a, a, a color you like or doing something, you got to be curious. People say, well, why don't I do that? Because curiosity lets you get to know the person. You get to understand them. I remember the story you told me about running into some Ku Klux Klan guys down in Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're going back there again. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying I still <laughs> remember right. that story. That's right. One of the reasons I wanted to have Ray on the podcast is Ray and I, Ray lives in San Francisco. I live in Silicon Valley. So we've done a lot of riding together from the San Francisco to Silicon Valley, okay. and I've gone to conferences for Google and for Mac. Um, I'm sorry, for Apple. And um, when I was going to those conferences, a lot of times Ray'd give me a ride because it's so hard to get a parking sp- spot in um, San Francisco and to navigate San Francisco. And so I would do that. But we would have some of the greatest conversations. Oh, yeah. And so I think number one is, for everybody is listening, but I got another one. You got to put in the time. Oh, that's to huge. have a great spiritual conversation, you got to give it time. Because you and I would ride and ride and ride and ride. I mean, those those rides seemed like they took forever. Yes. Not because they were not exciting, but because we had so much time to talk. I mean, we talked about everything from how I grew up, sports, uh, thinking about how to build my home in the future, how to navigate life in San Francisco, thinking about Marin, thinking about my kids. I mean, it was the whole cornucopia yeah. of of things, and yes. we talk about technology, technology, some of the for things sure. we were trying to develop, yes. some of the things we we're doing to do at our company, um, and and I think that so a lot of people what they want to do is they want to have great conversations, but they don't want to do number one, they don't want to listen, number two, they don't want to they don't want to put in the time. Hmm. A lot of one. the ability to have spiritual conversations is time. Because you have, you can't just when you try to jam everything into a conversation. That's what you're talking about your marriage. That's what Gail, Gail, and I'll do that. You know we're, what we find ourselves doing a lot because we're very busy is trying to hurry. We're uh-huh. trying to get it all in. We've got like a half hour. Like okay, I got to tell you this. I got to tell. You. And then she's <laughs> trying. I got to tell you this. I got to tell you. Then you get in an argument because I told her I'm trying to tell you because you're trying to jam it in and right. you're not giving yourself the time. You had something on your mind there, Nathan? No, I just thought that was really funny. Like trying to jam in. I have something to tell you. No, no, no. I have something to tell you. <laughs> exactly. You know, like exactly. just talking over each other and you can't even have a conversation because you're trying to jam it all in. Some people feel like they don't have good relationships when they do. What they don't have is good time. Mm. Right, that's so you're a, you're oh, good. It's, it's actually a good right relationship. The reason you're mad at each other or the reason you're distant is time. You just got to get the time in. So that'd be number two. Number three on my list is reflect. So once you listen and you put in the time, you've got to learn to reflect on what someone says. Mm. All right, you got to reflect on it. I'm going to give you a scripture for this one. Proverbs twenty verse five: The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. And a lot of us love that scripture, but I think that's about taking the time to reflect. So if you know the purpose in a man's heart is like deep water and a man of understanding draws it out, well, a man of understanding is someone who reflects. That's number three. Then number four is questions. And the number five is understands. So one, you got to listen. Two, you got to put in the time. Three, you got to reflect. Four, you got to question then five you can understand. So let's just run through these for a moment and talk about reflecting on what someone says. Does, does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, it, it's funny because I just had this conversation with a guy on um, just this past Wednesday, mm-hmm. and he's probably in his, you know, 22, and, I, and he said he's been, you know, trying to figure out his faith, study the Bible. And I just said, hey, what's, what's been the most hardest thing, the challenging thing for you? He's like, for the first time in my life, I'm having to be forced to reflect. And I said, what do you mean? And the more we talked, he thought, 
I'm discovering emotions and um, looking back at the kind of choices and decisions I made that I, in the past, I'd just do it and just move on. Right. And he said, what helps me is having these conversations to help me get in touch with why I did what I did. Mm. And it struck me, because he, he said, you know, I'm so used to life, because he's pretty accomplished, young engineer guy, very likable guy, uh, mm-hmm. very driven. But he's like, for the first time ever, I'm having to stop and reflect because um, I'm realizing that my lack of reflection it shows up in my difficulty in the relationships I'm having now. Right. So I took that as, you know, there are times where I get stuck where I think, let me just reflect, reflect, but because I need... Um, I need someone outside of my perspective. I need someone who actually knows me or who actually sees some truth that I may be blinded to or I don't want to see. I need help. Sometimes I need help to reflect on these things. Right. Uh, so I am able to have a more clearer conversation Yeah. Uh, going forward. Absolutely. And then on the other side of it is the ability I have, if I'm having a conversation, to reflect on what you said to me. So right. if you're sharing or someone is sharing about their kids, about their health, about their finances about their emotions, their feelings, their experiences. It's important that we not only listen and put in the time and spend enough time to be able to fully listen, but we've got to then reflect on it. That means I may walk away from the person, go home, right, and think about what they said. What I catch myself doing all the time and blowing it on is I want to respond right away <laughs> instead of reflect on what's been said. Yes. And If you know someone well, you can probably respond right away. But if you don't know someone well, you may have to reflect even in the conversation and say, you know what, I have a thought, but I'm going to be quiet for 10 minutes and ask more questions Right. so I can make sure that I've got this thing down. I got to make sure that I understand what's going on. Because many times, one thing I was taught about marriage is always repeat back to your spouse what they've told you to make sure you've heard it correctly. Hmm. Because the temptation is to say, if you're a, a husband, a man, you to say, um, oh, I'm sorry. As soon as your wife brings up something, you know, I want to say, I'm sorry. Done that one. And, Quick to and apologize. Then, <laughs> yes, I've done that one. Quick to apologize. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, they're, and, they're not, and they're not happy because they weren't looking for sorry. They were looking for understanding. That's right. Mm. And so we <laughs> gave them sorry so we didn't have to reflect. Right. We don't want to have to reflect. So I think that if you're out there and you're having trouble in your relationships, having conversations, it may be you won't listen, that you're just in a hurry, you don't have the time, or you don't want to reflect on what people are telling you. Sometimes I find with people who do the ministry, uh, that work in churches, they're so emotionally overloaded, they can't take any more reflecting on anybody else's pain or problems. Hmm. So they're, like, they, they're sitting and they're in the conversation but they're not really listening right. because they're not planning on reflecting about what's been said to them. They just want to get the appointment done and get out of there. And so if we want to really do a great job having spiritual conversations, we got to listen, we got to put in the time, we got to reflect, then we got to ask questions. Yes. Do, 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 have you ever thought about that, about asking questions, how important the art of asking questions is to spiritual conversations? I like asking questions. That's you why do? I like podcasting because you could ask people questions, whatever, you know, and be interested. Um, I think... Uh, what kind of questions would you ask now? Like, hit us with some of your cool questions. <laughs> My cool yeah, questions? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Don't, aren't you guys out there listening? I bet you guys out there listening are going, what questions does he have? Yeah. You know, what is the secret to getting to Mars? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I think the um, the reflecting part 
how um how do you not how do you i find myself reflecting a lot on myself and be very kind of like self-consumed yeah. even when i should be reflecting from what you were saying earlier it sounded like you should be reflecting on what someone else is saying to be able to help them at least yeah. that's how i understood it um how do you get the focus off yourself and the reflection i guess off yourself to be able to help the other person yeah that one's that one's easy for me now i don't know how easy it was before um I think people are so extraordinarily impressive and interesting. Like I think everybody's interesting. And I I just am so hungry to know what you know. Hmm. Like I just know that you know something I don't know. And if I could just know that, I guess I believe I'm I would it would change my life. And and I think that makes me very curious. And so I know that Ray's from Southern California, grew up down there. I'm not a Southern California guy, but there's something special about Los Angeles. There's something unique about that combination of Hollywood, of, 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 of neighborhood. It has an extraordinary collection of neighborhoods. Um, uh, it, 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 it tells me that there's something Ray knows I don't know. Ray's Korean, growing up in a Korean family, outstanding student, went to Berkeley. Uh, I think he mastered high school. It just makes me want to know. I've met his two sisters yet. Yep. I've met his sisters. They're very impressive family. So I go, how do you get that? What did his parents do? How did his parents do that? I know they weren't perfect. No parents are perfect, but there's something they did. So when I'm talking to Ray, he may come and talk to me about his kids. But then I go, can you tell me about your dad? Can you tell me about your mom? What did they do? What were your sisters like? How did you guys live together? Where did you live? How did you do school? How did you do homework? How did you take notes? How did you get such good grades? I'm just extraordinarily curious. So my mind is so consumed with curiosity about the other person that I actually don't think about myself other than if I can learn something from this person, it can make me better, better father, better husband, better, better leader, better person. Um, or I might go, I'm never going to be good at that. But if I'm friends with Ray, he's good at that. And so he'll take me on home. And some of my friends in high school were way better than me at stuff. And I just loved being around them because I felt like I was learning from them so much. I was, you know, so I think some of it is we think about ourselves because we don't realize the value of the person in front of us. Is that yeah. a good answer? No, totally. I think it's uh, to what you're saying. I think it's everybody has something to teach us or something that we can learn from them, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but it also reminds me of the, what we just talked about, the reflection. Like I'm, because I know that none of us grew up with that natural curiosity. Right. Because I mean, I'm thinking about my teen years, high school. It was just all about me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but I think what as I'm listening to your answer, Russ, I'm thinking you have to have some level of reflection to know what you don't know. That's true. And I think that's it. and so I'm I'm again that reflection part is. Yes. I think if I'm not reflecting, I'm also not going to be very curious because I'm going to be unaware of what I don't know and what I can be learning. Uh, or admiring or yeah. uh, 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 getting help on from other friends. So you got to have some self-awareness is what you're saying. Yes. If you're not self-aware, you won't be able to reflect. Well, the reflection gives self-awareness. But if you're not self-aware, you won't know what questions to ask. You being able to ask the question, Nathan, is That's your right. self-awareness. That's mm-hmm. right. You're aware so you can ask a question. And so a lot of people go into an appointment. Here's the, here's the real killer, right? Maybe they hold a position. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. I'm the supervisor. I'm the head. And so they have the power, but if they don't have the awareness, right. they can never have the conversation. And that's why a lot of people that lead have to use other means of motivating people than relationship. 
than a conversation. Uh, yeah. That's exactly right. Conversations. Well, I think one of the things that I admire about, uh, like, say, Steve Kerr, who coaches the Warriors, or, um, you know, some, I won't go, I'm not going to mention, politics is so crazy today, I won't mention any names, but there are certain presidents, well, I'll pick one, FDR. He was an extraordinary conversationalist, and that's why the fireside chats worked. The reason he could, and, and, and Churchill, too, was an extraordinary conversationalist. So when they spoke, they had a conversation. Ronald Reagan, right. he was a conversationalist. Forget politics. They knew how to have a conversation. We are changed by our conversations. Hmm. We're not changed by the orders. We're not changed by the money. We're changed by the conversation. Think about the times when you were growing up. If one of your parents or both of them knew how to have conversations, they had an extraordinary impact on you. But if they only yes. knew how to give orders, it probably made you rebellious. Yeah. You know? And so conversation is a skill. It's an art and it can be learned. Right. I think that's a nugget that we are changed by our conversations. I think that's a really good nugget. I think um, to what you were saying before about like the uh, curiosity, the questions, the reflection, and, and, and having that willingness to learn, I think, I'm trying to think for myself, but also just for other people, like oftentimes in our insecurity, we go into conversations thinking we have to say something, we have to give some input or give right. whatever, bestow yes. our knowledge on, yes. upon them. Yes. Right. But it's more driven, that pride comes from the insecurity inside that we're trying to conver- Yes. Instead of knowing what we don't know and be humble about that and be okay about that and like ask a question and trying to learn and then trying to reflect on that to well, gain it's, understanding. It's a funny thing you bring it up because, you know, I've known you since you were six, well, I've known you before that, but I started talking to you more when you were 16. And um, one of the things that I think I learned about teenagers and, and people that were, well, people that were younger than me is they learned better when I had a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. And so even if I'm telling them, hey, this is my problem, this is my weakness, this is what I can't figure out, it teaches them how to think by hearing you think. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a younger person will give you advice that an older person never would that helps you because the older person's been seasoned by life and has already given up on the possibility of that change. But sometimes too, the older people will just start pontificating about stuff and you're like, what is the point of this? Yeah. <laughs> Own monologue going, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, right. monologue like, going. How did we end up here? This isn't a conversation. <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't want a conversation. You want an audience. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, I've done that a million right. times. I'm guilty as oh, charged yeah. on that one. Um, oh man. But yeah, I I I I, you know, I think that, that one of the things, you know, there's a, there's a word a lot of people that get freaked out about, you know, called discipling, depending upon your experience and how much you've read and studied it. You know, it's just an interesting word. But I actually think that, that we could easily substitute the word conversation. And if, you, if you're skilled at having conversation, you can talk to people about personal things, private things, difficult things. But you have to build a relationship over time in a conversation. And I've had very little difficulty way before I became a Christian having my friends tell me things because we became so close and we learned how to have conversations. Now they're not like the ones I have after I became a Christian. I've learned a lot more about myself. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Kickstart Your Quiet Time newsletter. If you want to begin your day by reading the Bible, but you're unsure of where to start, we've got you covered. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we will deliver a handcrafted quiet time to your inbox to kickstart your mornings with God. 
Head on over to deepspirituality.net to sign up for our newsletter. That's it. Simple enough. That's deepspirituality.net and sign up for the Kickstart Your Quiet Time newsletter today. Now, back to the show. But I think that, you know, one of the great scriptures that kind of fits in with this is 1 Samuel 23, verse 15. While David was Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. So David's, you know, being pressured by Saul, to, and, and Saul wants to take him out, basically. But Saul has a son, and here's where the, here's where the contrast come. So I'll read it in verse 15 again. While David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horesh and helped him find strength in God. Don't be afraid, he said. My father Saul will not lay a hand on you. You will be king over Israel, and I will be second to you. Even my father knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went home, but David remained in Horesh. I think one of the things that's happened a lot in Christian relationships, and this is true of of relationships that don't have God involved, but I'm going to speak to the Christian relationships for a minute, is when we get together sometimes to have conversations, we're not trying to strengthen each other in God. We're trying to get behavior straightened out. And there's nothing that's that's frustrating and embittering more. I know this is how I am because I'm not a a good conformist. And so if, if you talk me into it, teach me, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. in all my years growing up, I was always given high grades in coachability and teachability. But if you come to me and you say, you need to do this and I don't have time to explain to you, just get it done. I might do it, but I'm sitting there going, I'm not liking this. And right. I think that what we see here with David and Jonathan is, well, here's an irony, right? Saul is afraid of David, insecure because David's supposed to take his place. But you'll notice that Saul and David never have a significant conversation, never in the Bible. Huh, that's true. Never have a yeah. significant conversation. Saul chased him out, essentially. Yes. And never even to have well, to even have that conversation. When chased they were sitting the together, he threw spears at him. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. what I mean. Like he chased him out yeah. of the room. Oh, right. With right. Spears. right. He drove him out. So so imagine if Saul had said, Look, I got a problem here. God has told me I'm gonna get taken out and you're gonna take my place, and I'm pretty resentful and bitter about this. Hmm. I cannot believe I've got to give this to you, you little snotty-nosed punk. Right. You're only like 18 years old and you're gonna take my spot? And David could have said, you know, I don't wanna be king. It's not on my agenda. It's not what I want. And Saul would say, well, it's what God wants. So I'll tell you what, kid, I'm gonna teach you how to be king and when you're ready, I'll step down. What? That would have been a transformative conversation. Very different. But it never happened. But his son Jonathan had that conversation. Yeah. His John Jonathan said, look, my father knows what's going down. I'm prince. I'm supposed to inherit my father's crown. Doesn't matter what my dad does. My plan is to be second to you. You're supposed to be king. That's how I'm going to roll. That's the magic of conversation. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of people don't believe in conversation. Mm -hmm. I think it's where our country's at in many ways. Nobody's having conversations. I'm not talking about on TV and the media, but I'm saying the inability to have a conversation face to face back in the day in politics and and, and, in corporations, People had conversations. You want, you want to hear one of the coolest things? Yeah. So FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, during the Depression, called together all the major leaders of banks because the Depression was wiping out the country, crushing mm-hmm. it. And he told them, look, this is the condition of the country. This is where things are at. I'm going to need your help. We're going to have to work together. They had a conversation, and that was a big part of the banks doing whatever they needed to do to work with the federal government not because the federal government passed regulations on them, but had a conversation with them. Now, I know for you historians, I'm oversimplifying, but what I'm saying in essence is true. 
And I think in churches, in a lot of ways, we lost the art of conversation. That's a lot of why we started this podcast, because we were sitting there going, you know, a sermon cannot be the only way that people receive, you know, thoughts about God. They've right, got to be right. like in a situation where they can learn how to have a conversation, which is what we did. And Nathan gets a lot of credit for persuading me to, to go down this road. And it, it makes it fun to talk about things when you have conversations. Don't you guys think? Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that, I was, as I'm listening here, I think the thing that keeps me from having these conversations is what I see in the Scripture, fear. There's a lot of unspoken fears that I have. Okay. And um, you're right. Conversations is what they last. They they change lives. Because I'm thinking back, whether it was my, the conversations I had with my dad, with my wife, or close friends. Yeah. Most of those conversations dealt with some kind of fear I was feeling. Right. Or insecurity I was feeling or afraid to bring up a topic in conversation right. that I felt like, oh, they actually want to hear about it. They right. want to talk about it. And I think um, when I'm not honest about my fear uh, or the, or why I don't even want to bring up the topic or I avoid, that shuts off conversations in, in my relationships oftentimes. Yeah. So when you, when you, when you want to have a spiritual conversation, what, what, I mean, I think people could relate to this. What are the fears that go through your mind? Oh, I could, I mean, the, the first one is the fear of, oh, they're not going to really be interested in this. Oh, okay. Or the fear of... Um, so the fear of, a, of, a, of a, either a not positive or disinterested response. That's right. Fear of the response. Fear of the response. And uh, if I actually say this, I, ask, I actually have to face, oh, this is actually what's been going on inside my head and <laughs> my heart. Like, right. It reveals, oh, this is what's been really eating me up inside. Right. And so by talking about it, now I have to reveal it and, and realize, let me, now I have to face it. Do you ever, it's very curious that what you're talking about, do you ever um, attribute, because I, I don't know that I do this a lot, actually. I do it some, I suppose. Um, well, let me just say it. I tend to come at conversations assuming people are going to say yes. <laughs> it may be my arrogance. I don't know. I'm the opposite. I assume the people opposite. say no. <laughs> oh, really? Like if I sit down with somebody, <laughs> yeah. I go, I, I guess I, I, I guess what I believe about people mm-hmm. is that fundamentally most people want to do something special with their life and they don't mind sharing credit. And if someone shows up and says, hey, I see something cool you could do and be, most people people will go, wow, I want to do that. I, I'd like to try to go for that. That's my belief about people. And maybe that helps me out. Like, I yeah. I, 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 don't believe, I, I mean, I know I may be wrong and everybody can talk about how wrong I am, but I generally walk out and go, ah, most people don't want to punch you in the face. Most people don't want to be racist towards you. Sure. Most people don't want to run you off the road. Most people don't want to yell at you. I, I tend to think most people want to say, I think most people want to say yes. And so I, I, I don't have a lot of fear of response Mm-hmm. In in that regard, yeah. Now that's that's post being married. Now when I was in dating, I, I feared I feared no a lot, but <laughs> that, <laughs> that consumed me. I was like, oh my gosh, I want anybody to say no. But I think in general, I I think what's helped me in life is that. So it's interesting to hear yeah. you talk about that. One of the concerns is the response, and I bet a lot of people sitting out there go. And I'm not saying I'm free of that. I'm just saying, right, right. I probably lean. I I get shocked, probably more than you guys do. Like I'll sit down with someone and go, no, I don't want to do that. I'm like, wow, I'm sort of amazed. But I'll tell people, I'm amazed you pass up this opportunity. You know, that's interesting. And then I'll be like, why? Why would? Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you want to do that? Because I'm now I'm 
That's once they say no, yeah. and now I'm well, I don't I don't know that I think much about it, but I go once someone says no, I go oh now I'm curious. Right. How do you tick? What makes you work? And so, but I think it's interesting because I think most people probably have a hard time having spiritual conversations because of the fear of the response. Yeah. Yep. I think that's really good. That's really, that's really, and, and not wanting to get in the emotional entanglement. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, that's, similar with like the fear of, fear of response or fear of rejection or what kind of whatever label you want to put on it. Usually I'm like, what is the person I'm about to have a conversation with? Are they going to invalidate uh, or reject what I think or feel? Like just totally put it down. Like right. what I think or feel doesn't matter or like, right is invalid or, or whatever. That's usually what goes through my head. And like, there's that fear that I have in, in approaching a conversation. Ah, that's interesting. See, yes. here's, here's what this probably has helped me. So I've had conversations. I won't mention names cause I can't, but, uh, I've, I've, I've had conversations with people who have really been really successful in life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one of the guys that I'm, I'm really close to, uh, I gave him advice. So you should do this, 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 and this. It was, it was good, basic advice for a good, basic person about how to handle his life. And he was like, no, I think I really need to do this. I think this will be better. And I was like, man, I don't think so. And he said, well, I want to do, do it my way. I said, okay, I don't think that's going to work, but okay. And he became highly successful. <laughs> okay. um, and he tells me all the time, he goes, you're the only person I knew in the church who was willing to have me disagree with them, but didn't disown them. Oh, and wow. was still friends and... And he goes, that's why I consider you one of my my mentors still to this day, because you had no problem saying, oh, I was wrong and you were right. That worked out great. And I think part of being able to have good conversations, and I've not always been like this, and mm-hmm. I'm still, I still blow it and I make mistakes. And there's probably a line of people who could prove I made mistakes in this regard. But I think what I've learned through my mistakes is that oftentimes it's not a matter of who's right. It's about the ability to have the conversation about the issue and to stay friends no matter which options we take. Hmm. And I think a lot of, I, you, I was saying that because what you said, Nathan, yeah. a lot of times we walk into, I've been this way, I still can be this way. We walk into a conversation wanting an outcome, and if we don't get that outcome, we're upset. Mm-hmm. Right. Then we insist sure. that we're not upset. And we go, oh, I'm not upset. It's just that, that person's not very spiritual. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not upset. Just, that person's just wicked. Yeah, yeah they're just evil. He's I'm evil. an angel. They're the devil. And that's it. Because it didn't go my way. Exactly. Right. Because it didn't go. And so you have to kind of demonize right. the individual who didn't do it. Right. And then if they have success, of course, you got to be like, they're now they're worldly. Right. Well, yeah, they were successful. That's because they're godless and worldly. You know, <laughs> they threw away their soul. Yeah. <laughs> We can't, you know, they darkness. can't, we can't, we can't, we can't just say I was wrong right. <laughs> and, and then learn. Cause I learned from that is it, it's, it, it helped me with a lot of, 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 of people who, who have opportunities. It helped me to learn how to coach somebody and not how to get them to conform mm. uh. and people. And, and, and so I think that uh, that's taught me how to have better conversations. I'm still a long way away from being what I, what, what I need to be. I also think it's why people have a hard time and I'm one of them have a hard time having conversations with teenagers because teenagers are at the point in their life where they're trying to develop independence. Mm -hmm. And so when we raise our kids uh, from zero to 12, they're pretty compliant. Pistol Pete Maravich, one of my favorite players who I think is going to be displaced by Steve, Seth Curry in the top 50. 
I have a hunch they're going to redo it, and I I think Pete wow. could be in danger. But I love oh, Steph no. Curry, so I'm a little concerned He's about that. He's the innovator of the game, though. Like he, the, he is, oh, yeah. he is. But I just think there's only so much room in the 50. <laughs> so I'm hoping Pete stays in. I don't want to have to take a trip to Springfield and straighten out the Hall of Fame. But anyway, um, uh, Pistol Pete used to run basketball camps. And if you don't know who Pistol Pete is because he's too old, go look up Pistol Pete. And you can find, and maybe we'll have a couple of links for you. Yeah, we'll look drop up, them in the description. Look up Pistol Pete and watch the magic of what he did. And you'll be amazed. I mean, amazed. Um, uh, but um, he used to say, I love doing camps for kids between the t- ages of like 9 and 12. But I don't do camps for teenagers because they won't listen and they won't learn. Wow. The reason teenagers are difficult to have conversations with, I think, is because they might agree with you, but their fear is, if I agree with you, I will never get my independence. Mm-hmm. Right. And I need to have independent of, independence of thought and independence of opinion. My wife's helped me a lot with this because I'm, I'm more like, hey, this is the right way to do it, so you should do it this way. And she's more like, sometimes you've got to give them room to choose their own, make their own choices because they need independence from you. And I think all people function like that. Like, like, I have had to learn that it's important that I'm not right all the time, meaning in my own mind, that every conversation I have doesn't end with what I, what I want to do. And because if you do that, then people never get their independence. Right. And it's a funny word. It's, this is a word that's used a lot amongst uh, churches, autonomy. And it's hmm. been used negatively by a lot of people. But people should go look at the psychological definitions and meaning behind autonomy. Autonomy merely means an independence of self. And so it's not about I don't want to cooperate or I don't want to do things. Mm-hmm. It's about I am an individual. So Nathan Schaefernoth is Nathan Schaefernoth. And just because we both like the Celtics and we both like Larry Bird, it doesn't mean that um, everything I like about Larry Bird Nathan has to like about Larry Bird. Right. Or it doesn't mean that I can't say Magic Johnson was a better player than Larry Bird or vice versa. Like there has to be the ability to have genuine agreement on certain things and then autonomy to feel differently. And that's actually a psychological term that when we don't have our autonomy, we lose something of ourselves. Hmm. That's like in marriage. You don't want your personality to totally dominate your spouse because then you've then the two haven't really become one, except they're the the two really are just one one person's <laughs> one opinion, person, right? one person's point of view. And I know a lot of men I deal with like that. They're like, if if I want my wife's opinion, I'll give it to her. You know oh what I'm saying? Yes. And and I think it's because of the tendency to not understand we to be healthy. Mm-hmm. You Nathan, and I've been you've been we've been together a long time, but you have to have thoughts different from mine just to have your own personality. And I think sometimes we get in situations where we go like, I want everybody to do what I want them to do and be what I want them to be and think what I want them to think because it's really comfortable life, but it's not what God intended. Or we all have one personality, mine. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely not what God intended. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, hey. We're going to wrap up our podcast. We hope it's helped. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you don't freak out, get mad. But if you do, don't leave a comment. (laughs) Just go listen to a different podcast. Um, There's another scripture we want to give you before we get out of here. Um, 
First Samuel 18.1, this will tell you a lot about David and, and, and Jonathan's friendship. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. Go back and read First Samuel 18.1-4. There was a love that they had for each other mm. that was unselfish love. It was the sense of, I want to know you, you want to know me, and we enjoy our differences, we enjoy our similarities, and we benefit from both. I hope going forward, whether you're a parent, whether you're a grandparent, whether you're single, whether you have kids, whether you're a teen, a middle schooler, whoever you are listening, that you'll be able to get spurred on and inspired to have spiritual conversations. And if you're frustrated with anybody, try to have a spiritual conversation. Try to start out and say, hey, I'm going to do something special. I'm going to listen first. And then I'm going to put in the time. And then I'm going to reflect. Then I'm going to ask questions. And then I'm going to, after asking the questions, make sure I understand. And only after doing that am I going to really respond. I'm going to respond only after I've really done that. Visit deepspirituality.net and you can check out more content on our website. The links that have been mentioned and the, the, the things that have been mentioned in the podcast, there'll be links in the show notes and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. Uh, it helps. We're starting to ramp it up this summer. You're going to be getting a lot of good stuff and we want to increase our, our listenership because we think that it stimulates uh, good uh, thinking, good uh, conversations, and, and, and some wonderful stuff. And we've heard a lot of comments back from you guys. We appreciate it, your input. We're trying to get to the podcast you guys want. You've sent a lot of them in and told us what you want to hear about, what you want us to talk about. Some things you want us to talk about we don't know about, so we're trying to work on that. <laughs> right. All right? So we don't know about it. I, I still haven't figured out how to get to Mars, but I'm working on that. Um, but thanks for listening. Uh, and again, uh, subscribe to the podcast. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate and review the show and give us five stars. And if you don't like what you're hearing, make sure to rate and review the show and give us five stars. Either way. Uh, either way, we want your five <laughs> stars. Keep, keep, keep us in business. Keep us moving. Keep us growing. And we're going to be telling you about other podcasts we're working on that we're developing and a lot of good stuff that's to come. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for taking the time. And thanks most of all, for having love enough love for God and the desire for God to work on being deeply spiritual so you can change the world.